Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. I am recording this from Toronto, which is funny because much of what we're talking about today is Telluride. So um, I don't I barely know what day it is, but uh, I do know that surprise Miles is here. Hey, I'm here. Very much a surprise. What a twist, right? Quite, quite literally. Um, but it works out. Um, apologies for anyone who was really hoping for uh, Mark or Ryan or someone. We uh, They stayed a little longer at Telluride, and also um, Ryan was coming to Toronto. So I believe like yesterday would have been his only day, but he was basically coming home doing laundry and leaving again. So that was uh, a big ask. And Mark goes to bed at like, you know, five o'clock. So... That was uh, just not going to happen. Though, I will quickly tell you a funny story, uh, Miles. So you know how uh, Mark's a big uh, Damien Giselle person? Yeah. So we were at one of the uh, parties, and he's mostly complaining about how it's late and he wants to go to bed. And then I point out someone to him, and Clayton actually was there. Clayton did the same thing. And suddenly Mark didn't want to leave that much. It was uh, it was Linus Sandgren, the cinematographer. Oh, I saw he posted a picture with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, for some reason, Linus wanted to talk to us for a long time. <laughs> it was, uh, I guess he just didn't know anyone else at the party. It's always, it's always strange at these things when a person who is uh, ostensibly more important is like, well, you're talking to me, so I want to talk to you. It takes a minute to, to be like, oh, I guess, I guess we're just having a conversation. He was at the airport with me too. Good, good dude. Also shot a hell of a film at the festival, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um... So you um, were telling me off air, you followed along a little bit. So much of what we're going to discuss, you've at least kind of got the the vague oversight on. Nothing should be like a huge blind spot completely. Yeah, all the big name stuff, all the stuff that I feel like there's been significant chatter. I've I've gotten the gist through Twitter and various social medias throughout the sure, past and week I think, or so. And I would say of the, let's say, 10 things I'm going to talk about from Telluride, you're, I would imagine you're aware of all of them. In terms of even beyond like festival buzz, I, I would um, be surprised if you bring anything up that I haven't at least heard of. Yes, so let's let's dive into that. We'll do some questions afterwards, and uh, then we'll preview Toronto, and then we'll call it because it's it's a day. Um, so the two things I don't want to talk about, just because I talked about them at Sundance, were uh, Cassandra, the Luchador movie, and Kim's video, the documentary. We've, we've sort of already been over those. And they kind of played as, as I don't want to say afterthoughts, but they were not exactly getting you know the same push. I think um, Cassandro maybe a little bit more because it has an outside the box maybe Oscar chance. And it's, um, it's Roger Ross Williams. And he has, a, I think, a documentary here at TIFF where he had something at Tyrod. So he's, in the, he's got two films. So I think that's part of it also. Sure. Um, so let's... Should we go? No, let's go in. How about we go into day order as opposed to quality order? That always seemed quality order. I think I get bored when we get to the good stuff. Well, so and it spices uh, it up. It keeps things fresh. Yeah. And, and honestly, I didn't dislike anything I saw. The, the least of the films was the first thing we saw. So the way Telluride works is, at least for press, there's, a, there's sort of an orientation where they talk about the movies and whatever they got going on. And then they have what's called a patron screening. It's their version of like a secret screening. They don't tell you what it is and uh, you can stay or not stay. 
rumors always kind of come up and you know what it is when you sit down, but you're not supposed to. And it's uh, it's very hit or miss. I think um, I think market said maybe it was it was something big one year. Maybe it was First Man one year. Okay. Or uh, or La La Land or something. It was a it was a big like ooh. And then another year it was Encounter, the Rizamed sci-fi movie no one saw. Sure, sure. And then last year for me it was um, Icarus Two. Or whatever they called it. So I was like, I'm gonna go like get groceries. But uh, this time it was the bike riders. Yeah, new which, Jeff um, Nichols. Yeah, um, I was kind of lukewarm on it. I don't, I don't dislike it. I think uh, it's his most mainstream movie, which is weird because you you think of him as somewhat of an indie filmmaker. I wouldn't say necessarily a challenging filmmaker. I guess like Take Shelter, maybe right. That's probably the only one that's that's a little arty for like. The parents crowd, I guess. Which is funny because that's easily my favorite of his works. No, it's a good movie. I like. I think Mud's my favorite, but uh, you know, Loving is definitely inching toward mainstream. It's still like an indie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Midnight Special is uh, a little on the strange side. That's so not that's like, not still on my to see list. Ooh, interesting! I sci-fi summer next year. Yeah, well, we talked about. I tried to get it in for uh, yeah. this past year, but couldn't quite get it. Yeah, we'll see. It'll eventually. Everything will eventually be everywhere or disappear forever. Exactly. So. Oh, what a world we live in. Um, yeah, I, I was. I didn't get the people who said this was like Goodfellas. Didn't get that at all. Very much more like The Outsiders. Um, and I just, I, I don't know that he had a ton to say. Like when he introed it, he said, I, you know, when he saw the pictures in the book, they just looked like the coolest fucking people ever. And he wanted to make a movie that explained sort of that feeling. And, and they certainly seem badass and cool, but I, I just, I don't know that I ever really cared about everyone, anyone in the movie. Um, Tom Hardy's interesting as sort of the leader, very, very intense, but restrained. He's doing his like mumbly thing. Sure, but it's uh, well. The trailer just came out uh, as today as of recording, and um, well, I feel like everyone in the movie is doing some kind of wild accent. It's Bram Stoker's Dracula all over again. A little bit. Jodie Comer was very divisive. I thought she was very good. Some people hated the accent. Um, I can tell it's, it's something that has to be settled into a little bit. Yeah, it's a Chicago movie, I think, and and Mark was saying it's a very Midwestern accent. Or maybe it's an Ohio movie. I forget. I think it's a Chicago movie. Chicago, I think, um, is where they're based out of. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he said, it's, "If you if you hang around Midwestern accents, this is how someone would talk." Uh, but if you're if you don't, as someone who went to college in that area, yes, but it's a very extreme version of it. Oh, you know, like, it's the like equivalent clo- of like close a New York to parody. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you it's like uh, someone making a New York movie who's never been to New York. Sure. Yeah, it's it's, and got it's just that. doing not that, not not I wouldn't say that bad, but I would say the actors maybe. Sure, I get I get I get what you're getting at. Yeah, um, I thought she was pretty good overall. The best best in show. Weird choice to make it kind of through her eyes, and um, and Austin Butler wasn't bad either. He's he's good. He's just kind of still stuck in Elvis mode. And as we all feel, I hope he. Yeah, I hope he shakes it eventually. It's just it's not a it's not a super interesting look. Oh, I'm James Dean. Okay, what next? Because I think he has a lot of potential as an actor, clearly. But I, I'm I'm as you know I'm not huge on Dune, but I'm very curious what he does with that role instead. Sure, sure. can't play Elvis there. 
I mean, you say did, that, did but Christopher Walken's playing the Emperor, so who knows what they're capable of doing? You make a good point. Um, so that was that was the movie I kind of had the least to say about. It's very mainstream. It's entertaining. I, I, I feel like it's going to get buried. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I, I think that's not a not a movie that's going to go particularly far. Well, I'll say that uh, most of the buzz I heard was around what you're saying, where like even the people who liked it aren't like raving about it per se. Definitely not. Yeah. Not one of the more high volume films where I would say overall, definitely a louder past week in terms of festivals than I think like I, I, I've kind of felt like the year to date has been a little lukewarm, especially compared to last year. But this festival very. crop, I feel like is very much sort of a swing back in, in the, in a more positive direction. Um, I was surprised by just how many things people are mostly saying good things about. For sure. Um, and we're going to talk about it before we wrap up that, um, I have one other movie that didn't play at a festival that I want to talk about Inter- it'll tie in the Telluride, but also, um, yeah, that for me, and I know this is privileged um, air, it kind of feels like the year is almost over, which is kind of terrifying in September. Sure, yeah. You know, like especially, especially looking at the awards picture. You know, like next week, by the time we record next week, what won't I have seen that's a major contender? Only the handful of things no one's seen. You know, uh, if, uh, if the Iron Claw is anything. Sure. If... Uh, you know, if um, a couple of the like, are they going to come out? Movies come out, um, so it's it's very strange. It, it does uh, speak to, and I think next week we'll talk about this more. It really does feel like Oppenheimer just might win. Well, it is. I mean, I hate to say this because that's been a bad look for in years past, but it's almost kind of got that Fableman's Belfast style self-anointed frontrunner status about it. And that to me says, oh, well, that means it probably won't win. And maybe something like Poor Things will win. But who knows? I mean, we'll get to we'll that. We'll talk about we'll Poor get Things to that. in I'm a sure. minute. I'm, I'm so excited to get to that. But yes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do that one last for Telluride. Uh, quickly, um, I saw the Teacher's Lounge. Actually, via... Um, uh, yeah, so I saw the Teacher's Lounge. It's, I believe, Germany's submission. Solid. Solid kind of like school set procedural also, almost. Um, new teacher. There's a there's theft going on at the school, and there's a student who's suspected. She suspects staff. It's very like uh, catty, but also like like very like the politics of a German school. Okay. Um, interesting. Solid film. Nothing to go like crazy over. Could easily see it being one of the five when it's nomination time. It's that kind of like well made, um, very accessible movie. Mm-hmm. You know so. I think that's one I, I would be curious when when it comes if it comes around for you to see. Yeah, because it's not it's not a um, it's not an excessively challenging film, but it is a thought provoking film, and it does do that thing where it doesn't quite give you the answer you want, which if you do it well is great. If you do it poorly, you're like, what the fuck did I watch this for? Right. Which we we know the examples of those. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's probably the one I think was least on your radar of the movies I'm talking about. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Okay, so um, day one continued with um, my first choice of the of the festival, and I opted to see Rustin. Mm. And uh, you know, so the director was there, the actors were not there, obviously. The occasional um, European production, so like um, Sandra Huller was there for Zone and um, and Anatomy. 
you know the um, the lead, the other lead of uh, zone was there and and so on for that. Um, and then if you were an actor who directed, like Ethan Hawke got to be there because he was you know in there in this capacity as director. Yeah, not, yeah, I believe he's he's also not in Wildcat, I believe, so that helps. Uh, ate ate lunch across from him, and it was like, hmm, I feel I feel better about my decision to get a burger that you got a burger as well. Uh, Rustin, we had uh, George C. Wolf come out, and then there was a special message which we were really hoping was uh, a certain someone. It was a recorded message. Uh, Obama did not join us, but that was it. Was pretty cool for him to come up on the screen and go, "Hello, Telluride." Uh, I did mention in Netflix <laughs> okay. if we if we if I can get that producer, I would be very interested in an interview. <laughs> but uh, I'm not holding my breath. Thing thing about Rustin though, lighter on its feet than you would imagine. Okay, it's a very weird description for a biopic, but like it, it's jaunty almost um, for what's inherently a somewhat tragic story. Also, Coleman Domingo is terrific. That's in what a, I'm hearing. A, That's what I'm hearing. Yes. It, in a harder role than I think people realize. Like it is very baity, you know, a civil rights leader, gay. Like it hits like it's almost like a parody of like what an Oscar-winning performance would be. I did think that. Of, That's also one that had its trailer come out just recently, and it definitely has that vibe of oh, it's this kind of biopic, and also it's hitting this. It's there's a bingo card quality to it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch the trailer, so that was probably helpful. It settles in very nicely, and once you get not get used to him, but once you you realize like this is just this guy, it's not it's not necessarily a put on or anything like that. Sure, it's it's sort of crowd pleasing in a way because he he has a um, a sort of um, snarky response to a lot of things, which there's a lot of like hurtful things going on. I mean, it is an interesting story. Like he essentially in in the opening minutes is betrayed by Martin Luther King. <laughs> And like just essentially told like go away like we can do this without you and then eventually gets to you know organize the march on washington which um you know he's not recognized for until obama's era like it's wild how like sort of erased from history this this very important individual is whereas you you know you know martin luther king you know medgar evers you know so many of the names that pop up in the movie john lewis so it's um it could easily have been homework and it didn't feel like homework also and this will make you very excited. 99 minutes. Ah. Like oh, it doesn't beautiful. have time to become a boring biopic. Oh, I love uh, it. How's the ensemble? Yeah, the, um, solid. Um, there's no other. I, I didn't feel like there was a true standout. Um, like Chris Rock and Jeffrey Wright are kind of the antagonists. Um, Chris Rock is the head of the NAACP and Jeffrey Wright is um, Adam Clayton Powell, the congressman. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have much more traditional you know what they're getting at sure and why they don't want him there and and they don't go too too far at least early on but they're definitely set up as like roadblocks sure um cch pounder is good um there's a couple other people whose names i forget who are his uh, sort of romantic interests and, and partners and um co-workers and such and it's, it's a very solid ensemble but it is um laser focused on him right so I, I don't know how much else it would do per se, but I think he is uh, barring a very competitive best actor field, almost assuredly getting in. I don't think he wins necessarily because we are kind of moving away from that. But I would be shocked if he's not in the top three kind of situation. Sure. Okay. Yeah, because it's definitely a better performance than Austin Butler and Elvis, and he nearly won. So 
also, you know, as we as we uh, were doing this, uh, Maestro debuted in Venice to largely very good reviews. I want to say I didn't I didn't read any, but I didn't hear anyone not like it. So that I'm aware of. So I went through a few of them. It's some of them are definitely raves, but mm-hmm. compared to some which you've seen raves across the board, this one I would say is more good to mixed. There's definitely been some like hesitant or some uh, good not great or some. Not not across the board, not enough that I wouldn't think it would still be a massive player potentially, but definitely yeah. one that people are a little divided on. Sure. I think it uh, it may actually just mean kind of what I was thinking, which is nominations. Yeah. Wins might be more limited, but do they just real do, do they realize how many nominations Bradley Cooper has and then maybe he wins kind of thing? It, it, because then they can it could coordinate be. in a way. Yeah, I, and I, from what I understand, he was well regarded, and so was she. Yes, they both were, very. They much were the so. highlights. Yeah, so I wouldn't uh, necessarily count either of them out. Though, um, if you look at my predictions, only one of them is still in the number one spot, which we'll get to in a little bit. So yeah, Rustin, um, pleasant surprise, and then night one ended on Saltburn, which, wow. <laughs> Um, I understand. I feel like you watched the trailer and didn't love it. I it's it's not that I didn't love it. It looks very well made, especially the cinematography and like a production design elements of it. But it's got that vibe. And I'll just have to see. It does have that vibe of this may be great, but it may just not be for me. But Mm. I'm willing to be to give it a shot because of everyone involved. There are, um, it's probably the movie with the second biggest swings of the festival. Uh, I don't, I, I, I think I want, yeah, I watched the trailer, I think, on the plane with no sound. So I didn't catch um, a ton of stuff, but it didn't look like particularly crazy, right? I wouldn't say so. I looked like they were teasing a lot of stuff, but they didn't explicitly show anything. Well, they, there's a lot that they can't, let's say. Um, that much of what they, uh, the stuff that you will want to talk about are things that um, I don't even know if you would believe me if I told you happened. Uh, I will say Barry Keegan is excellent. Very, like, out there performance. Um, if it's just quality, he's getting in. But it is a shaping up to be a divisive movie. I think it just put off some people also i think there's that slight element of female director her second film the first one got all these uh you know nominations she she has an oscar prove it and it's not really that kind of movie it's 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 much more like oh wait amazon kind of let me do what i want so fuck you guys i'm going out there Mm -hmm. and not to make it this thing but i do feel like if it was a guy it would it would have been across the board raves. Interesting, Maybe. as opposed I to like that. sharpening the knives. Yeah, um, it, I, I will say I think it has a little less to say than Promising a Woman. Promising a Woman had a ton to say, whether you liked or disliked that you you know there was something to discuss. Yeah, I don't think anyone le- left that movie were like all right. Um, this one there's a little more. Um, if you don't like it, I feel like you can disengage a little more from it. Or have more questions about well, why did this happen in a, in like a negative manner? I don't think 
even, you know, I, I think you were sort of lukewarm on the Promising Woman ending, mm-hmm. but they're still like, I respect the swing and like, all right, I can't necessarily say she's wrong. It just didn't hit me in the same way. Oh, yeah. Listen, none of my critiques of Promising Young Woman have to do with like lack of ambition or anything like that. No, and this is definitely an ambitious movie. Um, Barry's amazing. Carrie Mulligan has a small role. She's very funny. Rosamund Pike is excellent. She's hilarious. Richie Grant is very funny. Mm. Um, Jacob Elordi is good. He's kind of like an object of desire. And it is very much like watching a plan unfold. Um, I know it got uh, talented Mr. Ripley comparisons. It has kind of like a parasite vibe also. Okay. And then it just... There's, I would say... One, two, three to five things that are just like, what the fuck am I watching? Which I, I love. I love a big swing. So I was all about it. It looks great. Linus Sangren shot it. Um, some really interesting music cues again. Um, the final act is it goes there. And uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it'll do. I know the early buzz was like, this is a phenomenal movie and it's going to be a big deal. Um, I think it's going to be a passion vote, if that makes sense. Sure. Like it, like in the way that like the whale was probably eleven in picture, and you know the the general consensus overall was mixed, if mixed to positive. Mm-hmm. But there were enough people, like myself and other people, who like if you liked it, you probably really liked it, right? And right. you made an effort to cite it. So I think it's closer to that. Also, you know, it stands out among the year. So we'll see. Um, so that was night one, the day two. So I did three each day. So there's, so the next day was, I'm going to consult my phone because we don't want to sit here for a ton longer than we have to. Not that we don't like talking to you guys, but, oh, I remember. Okay. So I started with, um, the holdovers, a movie you couldn't be less interested in. I, I listen. I've heard enough good things that I shouldn't dismiss it out of con, uh, out of, out of mind. Yeah, I feel like the reviews were kind of universal. This is this is good. Like it's a return to like if you like Alexander Payne. Um, the one thing I'll give for you, targeted more to you, is how do you feel about Hal Ashby? I don't have any strong opinions, but I haven't seen enough to have or not have. You've already seen like Harold and Maud, probably right. That's it. Yeah. It's got a very Hal Ashby vibe. Okay. The the music cues are kind of that way. It's, um, I want to say, shot on film. Um, Alexander Payne didn't write it. So little little bits there that I think you'll recognize as maybe less grating. Mm-hmm. So I, know, I know at his least he uh, is actively annoying to you. A little bit. Yeah. Um, Paul Giamatti's very good. Um, the other two performances are much more natural. So the kid is a kid they found at that school. And Divine Joy Randolph is, you know, she's not a, a new actress, but she's still in, like, the early stages of her career. Mm-hmm. So there's a, they're very um, reactionary. And, you know, Paul Giamatti is just such a good actor that he's giving him a, them a lot. But his character is is more overwritten. Like, he has, like, an odor problem and, and this, that, and the other thing. And he's also, like, a myth, misanthrope. There is one really um, – it has to be because it's Alexander Payne. Um, moment that I guess he was okay with. So, when you look at Paul Giamatti, right? Is there is there something you notice about him? Uh, how do you mean? Like a like a physical characteristic. Uh, is it to do with the lazy eye? 
Yes. The lazy eye is in the movie. And somebody asked, which one should I look at? Oh, okay. Interesting. And I feel like you wouldn't get to do that unless you were comfortable with your your, your director. It actually becomes a plot point towards the end. Okay. Um, yeah, so they, they play. It's very kind of melancholic, but well done and pleasant. Kind of a Christmas movie by the end. Um, old fashioned. Years ago, 100% would have been a Best Picture nominee. You know, in the way that like The Descendants was just like, it's there. Nebraska, it's just there. Um, it's in the, the upper echelon of like that second tier where you would put like the like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know how it's gonna it's gonna play. Also, I, as we know, Alexander Payne had a run in with the the cancel movement that he he seems to have mostly skirted. But um, I don't know if that'll pop up again. In which case, you know, it's not a strong enough movie to survive. But I I, I think Paul Giamatti is probably very much in play. Okay. And like, who's going to be upset about him getting like a you know a full on lead nomination? That well, it's wild. He doesn't have more nods than he does. You know what I mean? He's one of those yeah. kind of actors. And he had to get it for a like an admittedly good supporting performance, but that kind of thing that you're like, oh, kind of anyone could play that. You just play it well. Sure, and I think and he does just, play it well to his credit. It's not a gimme nomination by any stretch. No, but it makes me think of like. So listen, did they, did Moneyball need Philip Seymour Hoffman? Of course not. Did he make that role even better? Of course. But if he had never been nominated and that was his nomination, wouldn't you be like, I don't know that that's necessarily indicative of you as an actor. Sure. And that, that's kind of how I feel about the Giamatti nomination. That's not fair. that it's bad, but like obviously Sideways would have been better. It's like, oh, that's if that's the well, only Sideways thing he ever got. is yeah, Sideways is the obvious snub. Yeah, and then you could pick out two or three other ones over the years that you would be uh, partial to. Right. But he, yeah. So I, I liked it. I didn't, I didn't love it. I don't think it's a movie you, you necessarily do love unless you're very much an Alexander Payne fan. But I didn't hear anyone dislike it. That was one of their big premieres. It was also very sort of well-known that was going to play there. So. Sure. Um, yeah, I would be curious to hear what you thought of it, but I also know I don't think we're going to get a, a strong reaction one way or the other. Right. It's just one of those things where even if I do watch it, like you say, it's probably not the kind of movie that would get much out of me for good or ill. No. It's a it's a Christmas release, I think, so it's very much like when your parents are visiting or you're visiting your parents. Like, that might be the compromise movie. Right. You know, everyone can get on board with, like, this. This will be nice. Um, then I saw Nyad, which it's fine that's the other one that like it, I would say that up until the end I almost was negative on it um, and then it, it admittedly does a really good job of like getting you invested in the end because you know what's going to happen it's it's very much it's almost the Disney movie in like the Disney like sports movie vibe uh, but it does admittedly get you by the end mm-hmm. at the same time so the, those elements, I think, um, the directors do a very good job with. And they, this is their narrative debut after um, Free Solo and um, was it The Rescue, right, was the last one? Yeah. So they, that kind of stuff they handle very well. Some of the more um, narrative elements didn't click. There's some dodgy CGI. There's like a fantasy thing. There's also a, they incorporate her like um, sexual abuse by like a coach as a kid that I, I just didn't jive at all with what they were doing. And then performance-wise, 
Annette Benning is very good, but I don't think she's a winner in part because Nyad is kind of an awful person. Well, Not that like to aggressively me is awful. like almost as soon as I'm hearing about this movie, I'm hearing about how shitty the real life person is. And that immediately tells me, oh, well, maybe let's not put too many eggs into this particular basket. Sure. I don't think she's like a bad person per se or like evil or anything like that. But just like she has some not I'm amazing opinions about things. I'm sh- that does not surprise me uh, considering the movie in the movie. She's presented as like, I'm right. I'm amazing. And doesn't and up and up until very much the end, like is not giving anyone else credit for helping. Like it becomes a you know your your generic like plot point where the friend has to like quit to be like you know finally valued. Mm-hmm. But they do get play that up a lot, which is I guess accurate, but also like is not going to engender the the passion that you would need for that kind of uh, performance. Jodie Foster is very good, and uh, Risa Fons is this kind of kind of great too. I just I, I like a dude get in a role he can just sort of like lean back and be cool in and he deserves those he's he's got that kind of acting though he's got a weird american accent isn't that always the way <laughs> yeah he he it, it sounded like another one i'd heard and i spent much of his like first couple of scenes being like the fuck does he sound like and i figured it out it's mark strong and zero dark 30 <laughs> okay which, which is also a strange accent they, they must have gone through the same dialect coach well, it's one of those things where, like, I've always held the conviction that British actors just do American accents better than Americans. Not necessarily more accurate, but they're more interesting, aren't they? Yeah, they make choices. If if I if you told me to put on a British accent, I can pretty much only do, like, Cockney. No one actually talks like that. Yeah. And I say, like, governor. And that's the equivalent of, like, I guess... An English actor doing it like fucking shit kickers in America. It's not really what you think of when you think of an American accent. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And then I wrapped up that night um, with the zone of interest at 10 p.m. Oh, buddy. Don't I was watch wondering about at 10 like what point in time you would have to watch it at. Well, the options were. So here, I will tell you about some of my my conflicts. So when I saw Rustin, I could have gone to the premiere of The Holdovers. I just waited and did it the next day. And then The Holdovers conflict was I could have seen Anatomy of a Fall, The Zone of Interest, or El Conde. And then Nyad, I could have seen all of us strangers, which I saw the next day. So yeah, it was essentially, I think there was another screening. So I could have seen um, Zone of Interest at like nine o'clock or something the next day, or just go and see it that night. So I did. Remind me to tell you something about that after. Oh. Um, don't watch that movie late at night or early in the morning. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I, it has that vibe. <laughs> it's uh, it's chilling, but it is exactly what you think it is. Uh, that's what kind of almost made me kind of approach it at a remove. And I I asked a couple people about this, and they kind of agreed with me. <coughs> Not having seen it, I think you'll get what I'm getting at. With most movies, right? If I tell, if I were to kind of describe a movie to you, or like especially if like you're talking to your parents or Kelly or something, and they're just they're probably not going to see the movie, and you give them like a pretty substantial overview of the film, right? right? It's still not comparable to watching it, right? Yeah, I would say so. I feel like if I told you what happened in, in Zone of Interest, and then you watched it, you kind of have the same reaction because it's just what I tell you. Um, 
Now, what it's doing is undeniably effective, but it, I, I, I kind of wish I knew what everyone else saw in it, which oh, makes me worry that I'm going to, which makes me worried I'm going to have to watch it again, and I don't want to. <laughs> Because it is, um, well, it's, it's got exa- that. I, I, it, the impression I get is that it's one of those movies where, like, even if you do respect it, it, it's like even if it's a respect versus enjoy thing, there's no wanting to go back to it. Well, I part of it is I just I don't want to spend time with them. You know, obviously that's the point. It's the banality of evil, and you know, watching them kind of build their idyllic life, and it's bucolic, and 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 they love their kids, but literally on the other side of their yard is like the fence of Auschwitz. Um, and, you know, in the background while they're playing, you'll hear gunshots. You know, they're looking at like smoke one day and like, oh, that's clearly uh, the oven. Like they're talking about like the trains and, and, and storage as if it's cattle. Like it's, it's very intentional, right? And no one's really done that before. And it's incredibly respect, respectable. And I'm, I wouldn't even begrudge Jonathan Glazer director nomination or anything like that. But in terms of like did I want to spend two hours watching that? I think the answer was no. <laughs> Which is funny because it's going to be like a very essential like award season movie for everyone to watch. But like one that or nobody least... wants. But like that's the kind of thing that could work against it or sort of put it out of the running prematurely is just that it's one that too many people are not going to want to struggle through. The The question will be how well does it do with precursors? Because it'll do, I think, pretty well. Does it do well enough that it kind of like forces the hand of someone on the on the fence about it? Because that's that's the thing. Like I know there are people who have said, like, oh, I don't think it's an awards player overall, or they doubt its awards prospects. I don't doubt it at all. In fact, I think it it's one of those movies that can overcome nobody seeing it, if that's what happens, because it's got that vibe of respectability and like, oh, I know what it is and I, I feel like I'm missing if I don't vote for it kind of thing. Right. Uh, I'm going to be very fascinated to see how it does. I think you had already said, like, Kelly's not going to watch it, right? Kelly's not going to watch it. I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, but I can already see myself, like, just not being able to buy into it, just conceptually. Like, it's one of those things where I'm going into it already agreeing with what it's doing, but that doesn't mean I need yes. to watch it play out. Which it sounds like it may not necessarily be a stance that changes after I watch the movie. I, I mean, I think there's two responses I've noticed. There's the response I have, and it seems like you're likely to have, and occasionally someone else will have. I think Mark had the same response. And then there's other people who think it's like one of the great films ever made. And I think that's because it is so like formally rigid. It kind of gives off that vibe. I don't know if you ever had that where like you'll show someone a classic and they go, that's pretty good, but they don't always get why it's considered one of the best. Yeah. It plays that way. With the, with the exception I'll say is like, I don't know if you've ever shown someone Casablanca for the first time. Most people get it when you show them that. Yeah. Cause they're like, Oh wait, shit, this is entertaining also. Um, as opposed to, you know, pick your film school film that you sat through and went, I believe you. It's great. Please don't make me watch it again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was how I ended my night, and then I walked back in a fog, and then day three began with um, an incredibly poor decision on my part um, because I didn't fully know what All of Us Strangers is about. Okay. 
Do you know what it's about? I've heard that there's a sort of mystery slash twist element to it. And because of that, I've been trying to learn as little as possible. I know there's like Mm. a ghost element to it of some sort and something vaguely supernatural or something like that. Sort of. But I I I don't know many of the specifics. I will give you what the like press guide would give you. All right. What they feel you can go in knowing. I think is a fair description, right? As okay. opposed to like trying to figure out their mouth. All right, so it's it's Andrew Hay, right? So we um, weekend. Um, there's another film he's done, and then Lean on Pete, right? I, I didn't really care for Lean on Pete. I'm, I don't know. If, you saw I don't know if I've seen either of them. Weekend is Andrew Scott, who's the star of this one, and someone else. It's um, it's a it's a same sex movie, obviously, but like it's a it's a very well done romance. I forget the other movie he's oh, um, forty five years. With Charlotte Rampling and um, I forget the actor's name, where she got nominated for that. That's his Oscar movie. Okay, I think I know of it, but uh, yeah, I'm just not familiar. Sure, very, very sort of small scale uh, stuff. Lean on Pete was kind of more mainstream with Charlie Plummer, um, Steve Buscemi, Steve Zahn, all these people. That movie just was a bummer because it's uh, the horse is the name of the is Lean on Pete. He's uh, oh, I up- remember that. I remember when that came out. Okay, okay, I know about that one. Yeah, that one just pissed me off because the horse, like, sorry, spoiler for almost decade old movie, the horse dies midway through, like is hit by a car. And then just the kid's homeless the rest of them. It was just like, this is bleak and sucks. Yeah, you like, told I don't me about do that one. That sounded awful. Yeah, I was like, why? Um, I just felt bad the whole time. So um, All of Us Strangers is Andrew Scott living in this um, London high rise. It's new. He's the only tenant except for Paul Mescal, who like one day – uh, like knocks on the door and kind of like hits on him, but he's a little shy, so nothing happens, right? He's a um, Andrew Scott's a screenwriter trying to write the script, clearly about like his set during his childhood in some way. Can't really crack it, you know. He's opening like a box of his old stuff, all that shit. So he goes to his old like hometown and goes to like the house he used to live in, mm-hmm. and um, what he sees is he sees his parents, who are the age they were when he lost them as a child. And that's sort of set up for the movie, Um, which, uh, again, had I known, I don't think I would have watched because guess what scenes happen in this movie? Oh, no. There are there are goodbyes and things like what I will say. The one really fascinating thing they do with the sort of like ghost element is that the parents are aware of it. They know their ghosts. Oh, interesting. So they're getting to see their grown son they never saw grow up. Just like their son is getting to see his parents as he saw them the last time. And a lot of the subtext is obviously coming out of the closet. Sure. Um, sure. Which, again, for that's why I, th- I think in my review I talked about like it's going to mean different things to different people. So like that aspect of the film, I think if you're – if you are someone who had to come out to your parents or struggle to or weren't able to, it's probably like absolutely heartbreaking and really well realized because these are good people is the other thing. There's there's regrets and like I could have done things differently, but these are good people, which I think is a really good touch. Also, if you've lost a parent, um, having the like getting to talk to them more, like what would you say? Like there's a line out of context that's just like someone saying about like, well, what about more time? And then someone says, well, there never would be enough time with there, um, which is just, you know obliterates you yeah um and then like for mark he was talking about he was looking at it as a parent like oh i'm gonna not be around for my children one day and like then you just be back one day like what would that be and like so it's it's very small really good um the parents are jamie bell and claire foy 
and they're both very good. Um, very, very much a tearjerker. Um, it actually took a few days to get me because, like I said, I I did not didn't know what the movie was. So actually, at one point, I was sitting with someone who asked me if I was like, hey, "Were you starting to nod off?" And the answer was no. I um, was trying to disengage at one point with the movie, so just like kind of like half like head in my lap kind of thing because I was like, "I don't I don't know that I want to experience this right now." But um, a couple days later, it really hit me. I don't think it's too small for Oscars kind of thing, but it is quite quite good and i think maybe overall one of the more widely praised films of terry rudd sure uh but yeah um emotionally like devastating i would recommend seeing it though as well no based on the cast alone i think it's one that i would have to have to give a shot to yeah not every not every move works i think the relationship stuff with um andrew scott and paul mescal is a little more ordinary then the rest of it also has an ending that I think is very much worth discussing. So we'll um, talk about that later uh, once you've seen it. And then uh, we ended on Poor Things. And fucking Poor Things is amazing. So this one was the most fascinating and most exciting one to hear you sort of tweeting about in real time. Because I would never in a million years have pegged this to be the one that stands out the most to you. Yeah. Um, so they really set it up well. So it's funny, um, everyone intros and like filmmakers are there and stuff like that. So Saltburn, they prepped with like, you know, you should you should know some out there stuff. Um, Poor Things was the one where the the director of the festival said, one, everyone sexes back, which is funny because Mark and I cheered that maybe louder than other people, <laughs> which was a weird moment. Um, but also if you're easily offended, this might not be the movie for you, which is pretty a pretty good way to get me hyped up for a movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah i I, first of all it's just visually amazing it's it's yorgos so you got your fisheye lens you got a lot of the things he normally does but the um the production design feels very like what if tim burton was still good at his job sure which was everything is very very weirdly realized you know you've seen that picture of like the weird um I think that's Greece, I think, in the movie. It's Alexandria, I want to say. The, like, orange-tinted, um, like, castle. I believe that's a hotel in the movie. There's a part of uh, the film set on, like, a cruise ship. The, uh, like, Victorian era London is very specifically realized. It's it's great. Um, so just visually amazing. Uh, really, really funny is the thing. As funny as he's ever been. Like, Tony McNamara and him need to keep working together. Okay. Okay. Um, and then also, uh, like, just daring, even beyond like the sex stuff. And like, this may have more sex than any movie I've seen in a long time. Uh, but just like, um, so Willem Dafoe is doing like experiments. Mm-hmm. It's implied that like he's worked on other things before he just like reanimated Emma Stone. So there's like a like a like a duck dog and stuff like I, a chicken dog. I forget. There's various like animals that are like two of them together, and they're very funny. Okay. Um, and and uh, yeah, so the the way you kind of get introduced to it is um, she committed suicide. She was pregnant. He put the infant's brain in her, so that's why she's kind of like got an infant brain at the beginning. Okay. And she's kind of destructive, so like she'll punch people and stuff like that. But then as she grow- starts to grow, when she kind of hits like puberty, I-, I won't even say what she does, but it's it's so funny and very graphic. 
and and just wild that Emma Stone is willing to do it, which I think is part of the reason why everyone's so excited about the movie. Is when is the last time you saw like a giant movie star willing to be this kind of like bold? Sure. Well, anytime you uh, sign up for Yorgos, I feel like you have to be willing to like go in for a penny and for a pound. Oh yeah, like uh, and just the descriptions of things. I, she the way she describes masturbation is amazing. I will leave that for you to find out. I will say that um, she calls sex furious thrusting, <laughs> and and oh, it's so funny. So she she's you know. Very horny. Um, Defoe kind of like sets her up with um, his assistant and they're very, kind of in love. But she's getting a very sort of modern sensibility. So when when like uh, Mark Ruffalo is basically playing like what your idea of like a smarmy like English like like that guy. And he's having the most fun with it. And she basically goes, well, I want to marry um, him. But the, the Mark Ruffalo guy, like, he seems like he'd be fun for a little bit. So I think I'm going to go uh, run off with him for a while, and then I'll come back and marry you when I'm ready to settle down. And everyone's like, what? And they, she just doesn't understand why that's not okay. She's like, but why can't I? I want to do this. <laughs> so she does. So just the, the visual of, like, Mark Ruffalo and Emma Stone having a ton of weird sex is very funny. Well, I tell you what then, else is really funny is his uh, hilarious mustache. Oh, my God. And then the funny part is... So he's basically setting him up, I'm a cad and like, I'm going to use you and throw you out. And he's like immediately smitten. And as she's like running around doing other stuff, he's the one who's moping and like, but I want you. Mm-hmm. He's hilarious. Like if it wasn't for the fact that supporting actor is kind of a, a, amazing this year, I would say he could win. Wow. It's, it's so funny. Um, goes to some wild places. Like when, like you just got to imagine like this character. Because she becomes kind of like a like a feminist in a way, and uh, like when she realizes what prostitution is, she's like, "Well, this seems great for me. I want to have sex, and I need some money." <laughs> and they're like, uh, "Okay, it's some or you know, excuse me, I have to go hit this child because it's crying." Which is like some of these lines are so funny, and she's so well committed, and even like the the third act kind of turn that it takes really still is wildly entertaining. Because um, I was worried for a minute. Because it's a long movie; it's two twenty. But when you get into the third act, and it's somewhat different than the rest of the movie, you're you're kind of a new character comes in, like all the things that like could throw a movie off, and somehow it doesn't. I was I was stunned. Robbie Ryan's cinematography is great. Like the movie is, is is so good, so good. And my only complaint about the favorite at the time was it kind of just stopped. Sure, there wasn't really an ending. Or at least not like a real satisfying one. This one has an immensely satisfying ending. Uh, so I'm I, I I'm so thrilled that it's as good as it is, and I'm so thrilled that they opted to um, put it at more of an Oscar friendly date. It would have it would have been great to have it come out this like in two weeks because we would have been able to talk about it. But I think it needs to be uh, like a late end of the year, like have the prestige of watching something like that, and then also be like, what, wait, what am I watching? Um, Please go see it with your family. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I think Emma Stone can win, by the way. Uh, that's what I've been hearing, and that's very exciting. Because like, when I hear career best and I think of her career, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, the thing was, and I'd said something. I think I said it to Mark, maybe. I forget who. But they all were like, oh. And then they went, oh, you might be right. I, I cause, So I explained to you like the, the segment of the movie where she's like, oh, prostitution seems like a great idea. So I was like, wait. Is Emma Stone playing a hooker with a heart of gold? Uh, uh, uh. 
And they went, no. Wait, she might. I was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> Engrave it now. Oh, I love it. It's especially if we don't get caught up in like, you have to be playing a real person kind of thing. I don't know how you look at that and not go, this is like probably some of the best acting of the year. Like I think, I think she's definitely my female performance of the year so far. I think it's her and Gosling, which is funny because it's they've worked together so many times. Well, and the funny thing about that, uh, or maybe not funny, but the interesting thing I find is that that's the kind of performance and character where in previous years, the argument would always be, well, it's too weird. Are they going to embrace something that weird and that strange? But Searchlight fucking won Best Picture for The Shape of Water a few years ago. We got everything yeah. everywhere last year. Like we, the, the barriers of strangeness have definitely been broken down. And I think at exactly the right time for something like this to not just be embraced, but potentially be like out in front relatively early, as I'm already seeing in some predictions. 100%. I think it's, it's, it's very weird. Like it's as weird as everything everywhere all at once. But everything everywhere in Shape of Water won the Oscar. So it's not a it's not a barrier of entry. I mean, which makes me think like if we redid the Oscar race with like the favorite, Green Book's not winning, right? Oh, surely. Yeah, I mean, it's it it would maybe still be like Roma or Black Klansman or something or a Star Wars Born, but I don't I don't think they're gonna defer to like that type of movie necessarily anymore. Which is what makes Oppenheimer so interesting because it is that movie except it's good, right? Um, but yeah, I. I, I very very excited to be able to talk more about that movie i never wanted it to end i would have watched it for another hour Ooh, that's always what you like to hear yeah like once you get if you're into that world there's just always something like the carriage that they go in it's it's horse-drawn except it's a fake horse and it's got a motor on the back but you just put a horse in front of it so it looks like it's a horse-drawn carriage i love it as it, like putters around like everything is so well realized um very very small things um catherine hunter um from Tragedy Macbeth has a small role that she's very good in. Mm-hmm. Has a has a scene where she's like in kind of like a corset thing. She's like a madam, but has tattoos everywhere. It's just such a visually interesting movie. Everything like that. Um, Christopher Christopher Abbott shows up at one point and is a very out there character. Okay, he has one like very. Uh, he he's like he wants to show her something funny, and the thing he does is wildly cruel, but also kind of hilarious. It was Mark's biggest laugh, which is kind of funny because everyone found it funny, but he almost died. Uh, it was it was so great. Um, oh, I forgot about one other movie, even though I, we got excited to talk about that one. Um, probably the other movie you were not super well aware of, which was the movie I saw in between All of Us Strangers and Poor Things, which is kind of like the it was the you know I could go do something else, but I'll just I'll just give this one a shot and see. Um, it was fingernails. Right. We had talked about it very briefly on the last episode because we had like both kind of just found out about it. Yeah. So I knew nothing. I went in blind and I was kind of so glad I did. It's it's very weird, and very charming and very romantic and kind of funny. Um, Jesse Buckley. Very, very good. It, the, the concept is like in I guess it's the future, though everything else except this one bit of technology, there isn't really technology in the movie. The cars look like they're early 90s, late 80s cars. Nobody has a cell phone out or anything like that. No one's really even watching TV. You hear a TV, you never really see it, so it's not a flat screen. It's very analog. Um, but they essentially have a technology now where you can find out if you're truly in love. And uh, what you do is you and, your, your, you and Kelly 
would go and both get a fingernail removed. Like they're they're like, not like the burying the lead. Or... Yeah, like they like they they get they take a fucking thing and they rip your fingernail off and then they wrap it up and then they take your two fingernails. Oh yeah, and you see it. That's that's the rough part. Um, nah, man, I'll just they, I'll just take a guess at whether <laughs> we're meant to be. Well, the best part is they essentially put in like a microwave and then it just pops up with 100%, 50% or zero. And if it's 100%, you're both in love. If it's 50%, only one of you is, but it doesn't know which one. And then if it's zero, it's not. So this is just like how people do. It's the equivalent of like uh, any other romantic uh, like thing that you're, whatever error the movie would take place in is doing. So it's kind of like commentary on the apps and stuff like that. Sure. Oh, we went and got tested. We're both positive. And uh, Jesse Buckley and her um, husband, spouse, I, uh, partner, I, I think they're partners. I don't think they're married. Um, Jeremy Allen White, they tested positive. Okay. Long time ago. But she's kind of like a little bored. So she's like, oh, is it, could it, could it be right? Um, and she starts working at the Love Institute, which is how you kind of like, it's like a training course to kind of make you pass the love test. And she's partnered with Riz Ahmed as like instructors. And she thinks she's starting to fall in love with him. And Luke Wilson is in charge. And he's like, well, you don't, you can't fall in love with two people. So there's all these, I mean, you, you kind of get where the movie's going. It's not a, a super big surprise. But it is very charming and just weird enough. Okay. That you're you're in. Like I was it's an Apple movie, so it's I don't know how far it'll go necessarily. It's a little weird for like Oscars. But it has a it has a it's a Greek filmmaker, it has a very Greek com- comedic sense of uh, humor. Very poor man's Yorgos. Okay. Okay. How similar yeah. is it one I just saw earlier this year is uh Duel. It had that vibe to me from the teaser they put out. A little bit. Is not quite as deadpan. Okay. But it has that, like, yes. When I saw Duel, I was like, oh, Riley Stearns likes Yorgos Lanthimos movies. Sure. And uh, and this is a different um, Greek filmmaker. I Christos, I forget his name. Um, very funny afterwards when he had a QA. and um, So I was, I was very into um, that movie. I'm very curious to see what he does next. So I was, that was my big surprise of the festival. Um, so in terms of things I didn't see, I didn't see Anatomy of a Fall. Everyone's seen the like it or saw it there. I'm going to see it actually tomorrow morning. So as you're listening to this, you can uh, probably check Twitter and find out my response. Um, I didn't see El Conde, which got pretty good reviews, actually. Yeah, mostly good, although I saw a little bit of pushback later on. Yeah, I, 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 I'd be shocked if it did anything. That's a, That screams like Pablo Lorraine couldn't get the money from other people and netflix was like well shit yeah we want one of your movies go for it but i mean ed lockman shot it so that's pretty cool right um and apparently it's not as like pretentious as it sounds like it could be that was my concern that it would be like oh this movie's really full of itself and very pleased with it's like oh he's a vampire but apparently it's like very um i don't know if entertaining is even the right word but doesn't have that that like Oh, I'm making a statement, kind of thing. It plays as a as a very interesting film, right? Um, what else did I miss? I didn't see Wildcat, the Ethan Hawke movie. That got kind of mixed reviews. Yeah, that's what I saw. I didn't see Daddy. Oh, I might see it here. Mixed to positive. Um, people just sort of vaguely amused by Sean Penn not playing a, like a scumbag, I guess, because that's sort of his vibe recently. Yeah, I'm trying to think what the last thing he's been in that isn't that. Mm-hmm. Well, he directed um, 
what the fuck was it called? Um, Flag Day, which was oh yeah, something. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't like anything special. Um, what else played there that I didn't see that was notable? Can you think of something like big that I didn't talk about? Uh, not offhand, but I'm sure we'll think of yeah. something as soon as we finish recording. Oh yeah, but that was kind of the, those were kind of the biggest ones. I mean, uh, the Fallen Leaves and, and the Vim Vendors movie—they all played and got nice, nice word of mouth. But it's only so much time. So those were those were my things. Um, let's take a question. Actually, before we do that, quickly, um, I, I will say that I saw something that I am going to talk about for a minute. Miles will be very annoyed at me, but. Um, so remember when we were talking about what might have played at Telluride, and we had a movie in mind. That turns out not to have been there. Uh, remind me. Uh, it's a movie directed by a notable Italian filmmaker. Uh, Challengers? No. More notable than that. Italian-American filmmaker. I, I'm blanking. Oh, oh, Killers Scor- oh uh, Scorsese. Two yeah. Killers, yeah. So um, at our press orientation, apparently they wanted it. Apple decided not to go anywhere else. I guess they're going to London before it comes out okay so they tried to get it so we weren't wrong <laughs> um but it turns out i saw it the day before i left so i saw it anyway and boy is it fucking good um i just wanted to touch on that quickly because i kind of dropped that tweet like out of nowhere <laughs> and then moved on with my day last week um it's great it's 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 a master filmmaker like making a master film We'll talk about it next month, right? Because it's October release now, right? Yes, but IMAX potentially. That'll be fun. Yeah, it's going. It's just opening wide, right? Yeah. That's their, that's their plan. So you'll see it opening weekend, presumably. That's the plan. All right. I want to talk about it more when you see it. Just know it's great. It'll get a million nominations. I don't know what it wins, per se. It has that Power of the Dog vibe. Sure. Um, it's also very bleak, as you would imagine a Scorsese crime film is. Um, less laughs than a Goodfellas or, or an Irishman or Departed. But oh my god, is he at the height of his powers? And I want to put this in your head for the ending. Okay. It has, I think, one of his best endings. Ooh, okay. And it ties into a. I remember. I, so off air, I told you about a film I wanted to compare it to that you were kind of puzzled by, right? Yeah. Keep that in mind for when we talk about it. Okay. I think you're going to agree with me that it's essentially taking one element of that film, which you would think has nothing to do with that movie, and just doing it better. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll have I, to it, see. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> you will know what I'm talking about is the fun part about it. So it'll be part of our discussion. So yeah, I, I did see that. So if you want to bring up questions next week or whatnot on that, I can talk about it because nobody told me I couldn't. Um, but yeah, I do, I do know some people were like, when it was like wait you saw that movie how (laughs) they screened it don't know what to tell you all right so before we get into toronto quickly let's see what um we have a couple of tell your ride related questions uh robert asks us which festival darling one's the greatest risk of encountering a more tepid general audience or critical reception upon their commercial debut next empire of lighter waves if you will um fingernails I mean, really benefited from being just kind of like sight unseen. I think maybe all of us strangers. Potentially, I think, I think the. Um, I mean, potentially bike the bike. I was about to say bike riders sounds like it's already there, but that's the first one that came to mind when I read the question. Um, the other one I think is Nyad. Okay. Obviously, I, I think she can. She and uh, Jody and Annette can definitely be like players, 
But I think beyond that, the movie's kind of going to have the, like, it's fine vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, closer to the Empire of Light. Waves is just like, that movie got good reviews and and good buzz and people liked it and it didn't do terrible in theaters. It just, for some reason, got fucking ignored. And that, oh, that upset me so much. <laughs> oh, I'll never get over that one. All right. Uh, Matthew Anderson, two-part question. Can you see a world where the holdovers gets in the picture and directing categories? Um, sure. Kind of what we talked about earlier. It's very much up their alley of a time. Is it still up their alley? We're going to find out. Yeah, TBD on that one. I think, again, a lot depends on the competition. I mean, I would say many more things are in play than I would have necessarily expected um, just based on where we were at. So um, I, I yeah. it, it just depends. It just depends on what else really makes its claim. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say I would not be shocked either way. I wouldn't be shocked if I got nothing. Yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked if it got six or seven kind of thing. It's that type of movie. Uh, part two was even though it's September and anything can happen from now until the Oscars, do you think Lanthimos can beat Nolan and director if Poor Things has the momentum win Best Picture? Um, it's possible, maybe. but I feel like Nolan has a better narrative in general, right? That is, that's the thing. So like Yorgos would be a very cool, very hip win. Um, closer to the director upsets we've seen when we see a director upset, right? A very sure. pleasing, like, Bong Joon-ho will always be that one. Yeah. But uh, Sam Mendes didn't have a particularly wild narrative. They were almost defaulting to him, right? Right. And um, in the same way that oftentimes when you have that, like, oh, we really hope this works out, they're losing to someone who just has a hard-to-beat narrative. Right. And the, ar- the irony being here that Nolan also is the cool director. So it kind of, I think, cancels out the, the Yorgos, like, oh, cool and hip thing. Well, Yorgos is cool and hip doesn't bounce out like Oppenheimer making almost a billion based on word of mouth. <laughs> yeah, and being a director-fronted movie. Very much so. Which, um, don't sleep on this the only element of a film that can still campaign right now mm-hmm. what a what a like interesting flex if they want to be like okay so poor things right can't have emma can't have ruffalo can't have Willem defoe rami yusuf jared carmichael christopher Abbott, all the all your cast members can't really make the rounds right right your ghost can do that but like is we know who he is. Is he a name in terms of like going on the tie show? Even though that's not a thing, but just let's let's think about that in, in terms of that in a moment. Not really, right? Right. Who there? There is probably no publication, no show, no radio thing, no podcast that wouldn't take Nolan. Totally. He, so well, he he's wants one to of the just, few directors who is as much of a celebrity name unto themselves in that regard. Yeah. And is fairly judicious with what he does, right, in terms right. of press. But as we saw, it did a little more than usual for Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, <laughs> to the people who didn't realize, is like funny and charming and not kind of the like director tyrant you think he's going to be. Exactly. Like for being a guy who like doesn't have a cell phone and like doesn't do technology. And like as we heard, he, he has a completely disconnected computer he writes on. So he's not even tempted to go on the Internet. Um, there's also a dude who's like talking about MacGruber and I forget what else he really liked recently he's talking about like he has like low art enjoyment too. oh uh, Talladega Nights he says like anytime it's on TV he has to stop what he's doing to watch it 
Yeah, so like this guy at like the height of his craft and like the height of like high art cinema in a way, even though he's a very populist filmmaker, also is like, you know these fucking dumb stoner comedies? Can't get enough. It's like, uh, I remember everyone was shocked when Kubrick was like, I love The Simpsons. But if you could put this guy out there the whole season, that might be hard to beat. Well, compared to what everyone or anyone can do, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So I, I think, if anything, he's very sitting pretty on director. I mean, we'll see, obviously. We don't know how the DGA feels about him and stuff like that. I think he's... I don't think we have a good sense, right? He's gotten a couple nominations, but never seemed like the front runner. Yeah, but this feels like a year where it's like, again, it's the most Oscar-friendly thing he's done. It's the Oscar, most Oscar-friendly thing this year so far. Yeah, I would be very shocked if it... Uh, something has to happen to change the narrative, like Oppenheimer winning picture and director right now. Yeah, agreed. And supporting actor in like several of the texts. All right. Uh, Michelle Petrillo says, how is it without the actors? Do you think not promoting their movies affects how their movies will do at the box office? Depends on the movie. Yeah. How was the festival without the actors? Telluride doesn't do red carpets. So it's more just like you don't see them in line and you don't like encounter them. And there was there was a, a couple of people, but we were asked, please don't take pictures of them. Please like respect the fact that they're just there to enjoy the festival. No one was there promoting stuff who shouldn't be. Right. And I also couldn't, I also don't know that I saw anyone of that ilk. So I can't even say that like, oh, you know, X was there. Uh, If they were, I didn't see them. The directors were there. Emerald Fennel was there. Obviously, all the Yorgos, Emerald Fennel was very fun to talk to. Uh, We had a good time. Um, Cinematographers, like I said, Lion Sangren was there. Various uh, tech people. Barry Jenkins goes every year, so he was there. It's nice to say hi to him. Um, It's a different vibe. I would say that here in Toronto, we're going to see how that is because Toronto loves their red carpets, loves their, you know, bring the actors out on stage before and after, and and none of that's going to happen. Right, exactly. So it doesn't matter for me, right? It doesn't matter for the press that's here. Will there be parties in the same way? Some, probably not all of them. Not that anyone cares about whether I get to go to a party or not. Um, Obviously, there's an economic impact on, on the city. They're not going to go under, but, you know, plenty of the, of the like, restaurants and, and event spaces and stuff kind of, kind of want that stuff. And I don't know how much less is happening or if they're just not as large scale. It's obviously probably not as expensive. There are things like that. Um, in terms of the box office, um, we've seen both sides of it, I think. Yeah. We, there's clearly a, a, a type of movie that doesn't impact that. I don't know that we've seen one necessarily tank because they couldn't promote. But we're seeing movies that are worried about that just delay. Your Challengers, as you mentioned. Um, Dune. Well, yeah. A couple I mean, other things. Dune really shakes up the game just by its absence. Yeah, which is funny because they probably didn't have to, but they made the the gamble of like, well, if this is a reason why it could fail, let's just not run into that problem. Right, exactly. Which, as much as you're annoyed by it, right, you can't really fault them. No, I, I listen, that's what kind of movie that is. And they lucked out last time, but it may not be the same thing this time. Exactly. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Kayfleet 208 says, how do you see the tech slash below the line categories playing out between Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, and Barbie? Is one going to sweep everything or each one win in a different category? I think the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I agree. <laughs> the, those, are your, those are your tech movies for now. 
um, just look at like your big budget stuff. There just isn't a ton of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all have a thing that they probably won't win, right? Oppenheimer will struggle in a couple of the categories, not get nominated, but to win. Poor Things has that weird vibe and also is is less expensive. Barbie has to overcome being Barbie. Killers of the Flower Moon has that recent Scorsese epic thing where it gets nominated but doesn't win. I think they're going to split a bunch of them. Yeah. That's my take early on. I, I don't see anything dominating the way that stuff has in the past. Yeah. I also just, it's boring now to predict everything to win. Like, I think Poor Things looks real good in production design and maybe costume. I think Barbie looks great in costume also and maybe makeup, right? Yeah, Barbie although I'm hearing production design is a uh, is a challenger for those. Yes, uh, Willem Dafoe has a lot of makeup. Um, he's a real like fucked up looking character. Um, the costumes are very good. You know, uh, Oppenheimer cinematography and editing. Poor things in edit in cinematography. Uh, question: Killers of Flower Moon. Question about uh, poor things. Yes. The makeup on Dafoe. How distracting did you find it? Because it looks it looks like it could ride the line for me. Um, it's not bad. So the, the first act is in black and white, which helps. Okay. So sort of everything when she's with him and kind of growing up is black and white. And uh, her world becomes color as she leaves. Very, you know, stylish choice. Um, he's he was So his quirk is like his scientist father like experimented on him in a bunch of fucked up ways. So it's almost played as a joke. Okay. Uh, so he's meant to look like almost kind of like homemade, like he he's he, he's been butchered over the years, kind of thing. Um, there's a there's a very visual um, thing that he has to do medically that I want you to experience for yourself, but it's very funny. Okay, he's played he's played for laughs in that sense. Uh, so it's it's. It's a choice, I think. I don't think it's bad makeup necessarily. I, I didn't think bad necessarily, but maybe just like trying a little too hard or something. It fits the style, I think. Okay. It plays good in context. Um, Kayfley also asked, what about, where are you at with visual effects? Is Oppenheimer the front runner because of a presumed front runner in picture? What else fills out the category? I, I do think it's probably your front runner right now because what else is even going to get nominated? Yeah, I think front runner until proven otherwise. Um, I would say maybe Poor Things now is going to get in. Sure. I think we'll probably get a Marvel movie just because... Guardians 3 they're... being the best bet. Yeah. Um, and then I have Rebel Moon in there right now. Yeah, sure. Which, why not, right? I don't have any passion for it, but it's there. And then my other one that I actually bumped up to two is The Creator. Yeah, why not? And Again, until that's we also... know otherwise. Yeah, tactile looking. But everything else is like, I mean, I'm sure I, I, I didn't see anything overtly CGI in Killers of the Flower Moon, but I'm sure they fill out the world. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, that know? feels like it could get in there pretty easy. Yeah, I have that like not far off. So that's that's where I with that. Um, let's talk about Tiff for a minute, and then we have one more question we'll end on. So not a ton of films to go like wild about here that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very interested in Dumb Money, right? Same. Even if it's not a big awards movie, it's going to be fun, I think. And I've heard good things. Um, Miyazaki's movies here, which less my thing than other people's, but it might work out. Um, one of the one of the films I'm looking forward to that maybe is a little um, under the radar is um, Women of the Hour. 
which is um, Anna Kendrick's directorial debut. Is she acting in it as well? Yes, she's. I don't think she's the main. I don't know if she's the main character or, or second tier, but um, it's about the guy who was on the dating game who was a serial killer. Right. I do remember hearing about that. So I don't know the tone yet, but I'm I'm fascinated. Next goal wins is the other real big movie here. Um, I have heard solid things, but I don't know that maybe it's an awards movie. I'll find out over the weekend. Um, Origin just got added. The Ava DuVernay movie. Saw that. Which um, got a big ovation at Venice, but we know that means nothing. Um, I, I don't, We'll find out what to make of it soon. It does feel like a small-scale, like well-done movie kind of meant to get her back on track. Because right. by virtue of, not again, not being a white male, you don't get to make a misfire. You know, but she, if she wasn't Ava DuVernay, right, and had a stature, I think we probably wouldn't hear from her. Yeah. With how sort of like indifferent the world was to her big Disney movie. Which never really that, panned out. Well, she had a, uh, well, she had her big Disney movie, but she also was attached to a bunch of things perpetually that never panned out. So yeah, she, she, was she, she had that, a, it says she then kind of had that stature partially through no fault of her own of like, where's her next big thing? It feels like it should have come along by now. Yeah. So she kind of self-generated it, which... Again, if, if, if it was Aaron DuVernay and he was a white man, this yeah. would be like, oh, my God, he's back. But because it's Ava. And he would have done like three Ava, action movies in between. Sure. So it's 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 very unfair. But I think this is kind of I, I feel like she's strategic, you know, because she also has that pub, uh, publicist background of like, this is how you do it, mm-hmm. even though it's it's not how it should be. Of I got to make the small one that it doesn't matter if it makes money, but hopefully it'll make a few bucks. It'll be successful just by virtue of low budget, probably well regarded. Whatever it does with awards is what it does. But suddenly now my next thing gets looked at as, you oh, you're a viable attention. filmmaker. Yeah. Which there's less again, pressure it on it to be the big comeback thing. Sure. It sucks that that's the way it is. But it does feel like she's playing that game in a very um, strategic and clever way. Which, listen, if the movie's great, all the better. But if it just what if it just gets her back to being able to tell her stories, also great. It's still progress um, either way. Exactly. Uh, there's small stuff that has you know a big actor in it, like Nick Cage is in Dream Scenario, Kate Winslet's in Lee, um, Hopkins is in One Life. Uh, Daddio's here. The other, the two other small things I want to talk about, uh, like Pain Hustlers, is here as movies. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to. One is Knox Goes Away, Michael Keaton's direct uh, movie he directed. Um, haven't heard anything about it. I saw his other director outing, The Merry Gentleman. It was solid. I don't suspect this will be like anything they go crazy over, but how do we not want to support Michael Keaton? Also. Let's be real. He got this money by making The Flash. He got this made by making The Flash. And Aquaman and Batgirl and all the other cameos that nobody will ever get to see. Yep, but he got paid for. Hell yeah. So good, good for him. And, yep, and then the other one, what is shaping up to be the last movie I see before I leave, is a movie that has um, kind of been blowing up at, at, um, at Venice. Which Remember, Venice had The Killer, which we didn't get anywhere else, has gotten... I would say pretty good reviews. You you were Decent, I think, very keen but not on overwhelming. Yeah, um, entertaining, like well made. Don't 
bet on it to do a ton kind yeah. of reviews, even though that doesn't mean it won't get like some tech stuff. Exactly. Just depends on how Netflix handles it, how big a priority it turns out to be. Um, and then was there another Venice movie that played nowhere else that I'm thinking of? Maestro, right? But I'll see that in New York. Right. Um, so the other thing that really kind of blew up at Venice, smaller scale, is Hitman. Yes, I was just reading about this one. That which makes me think like this this could be like our under the radar awards movie. Why not? Just by virtue of being good. Uh, I mean, I love Richard Linklater, I love Glenn Powell, and apparently they are a very good match. And it's apparently just a huge crowd pleaser. Right on. And sexy. Which if this is the year of like sexy movies being back, don't hate it. <laughs> So that'll be, those are kind of the highlights of what Toronto will have, plus whatever I stumble into based on timing and, and all that jazz. So um, those will be the ones we talk about next week. And let's, uh, let's wrap up on this little bit from Samuel. He asked us, which five of these performances should have been Oscar nominations? So there's going to be, okay, so this is, the, this is I guess, in his version, the top 10 in Best Actor from this year. Mm-hmm. You have Joaquin Phoenix winning for The Joker. Adam Driver nominated for Marriage Story, Antonio Banderas nominated for Pain and Glory, DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? right? And then it was Jonathan Price, the two popes. So those were your five. The next five, would you swap out any of them? I guess that's an easy way to answer this question. Or what would your five be? So he gave us Robert De Niro, The Irishman, Taron Egerton, Rocket Man, Christian Bale, Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, Eddie Murphy, Dolomite is my name, and Adam Sandler, Uncut Gems. I will tell you my five would be, and I'm not going to vague order because I don't know who my winner would be. Sandler would get in. DiCaprio would get in. Driver would get in. Price would get in. And then De Niro or Eddie Murphy. Okay. Even though I think, honestly, Phoenix is, is as good as a lot of those other ones. I just, I'm so over Joker. No, it's hard. It's hard to get excited about. I know. Um, yeah. Also, just we don't want to be friends with the people who love Joker that much. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would do Driver. I would do Sandler. I would do De Niro. I would do Phoenix. Um, and Edgerton. Interesting. I know you weren't wild about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought you'd be bigger on DiCaprio there, though. Ah, uh, he's good in it. It's just I've seen him do better, and it's just it's I, he's not one of those guys who I feel like needs to get a nomination every time he does a good job. Gotcha. Oh yeah, no. If we were doing if we were combining into a five, I probably could have gotten him in of our combined one because we agreed about three of them. So I probably right. could have. Uh, pitch to that one and let you have a different one uh, i mean right. uh, well you know what though i do like the scene where he freaks out in the trailer so maybe i'll put him in over de niro yeah de niro's, the, de niro's, de niro's good and he's good. better than he's been in a while but he's uh, he's also better in killers of the flower moon he's horrifying is he great okay then yeah i'll leave oh. dicaprio for that one then that makes sense like he's because he, it's that type of evil where he's just, I'm a pillar of the community in every single scene where someone's dead. Obviously, he has a hand and he's going over and like consoling and what do you need me to do? I'm here to help. And like, you're the fucking mastermind. Of it. It's it's chilling. Sure. It's yeah. so well done. Um, and he's engaged. He lo- He's clearly into this role. Even though I think the character in like real life, the character, the person was much younger. Okay. Totally the right decision to be like, no, no, let it be De Niro. 
Uh, yeah. All right. These movies all won zero Oscars. Should they have won any? The Fableman, seven nominations. Banshees, nine nominations. The Irishman, 10. American Hustle, 10. True Grit, 10. Gangs of New York, 10. Um, I mean, I would have given Fableman's picture, but... I wouldn't have gone that far. I mean, I think Fableman's deserves some nominations it didn't even get. Um, well, one in particular, at least. But um, uh, I, would have, I would Well, but uh, who is it? Was you it could have gone, You could go... To, um, it was original. It was original. Oh, so against everything? Was, yeah, sorry. Um, well, 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 here's what you could do. You can give him. You can give Spielberg director. Yeah, I wouldn't really do that. It's the same matchup. I would do that, though, I think, I, I, even though I thought they were great. I, I, I really like the movie, but I can't think of a specific thing that I would give it over what its competition was. Sure. I, 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 it's my favorite movie of last year, and there's two categories where Spielberg goes up against the Daniels, so either one. Well, then, yeah, then, it's kind of stuck there. Yeah, then they still they still get their Oscar. Did they produce it? Did they get a second one? Did they have three Oscars? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they got three. Oh, oh then give a picture. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Problem solved. <laughs> then we get that. Then we get the elusive, and we're waiting for it one day. One Oscar nom, one Oscar win, best picture. Yeah, and it would be something like the Fablemans too. Why not? <laughs> As opposed to like you know, I remember at the time like Selma was what was that rumor? Um, Banshees is a lot harder. It's harder, but I it would have been my pick for actor. Um, no, Frazier for me. Um, supporting actress, I would have I would have been fine with that. Jamie Lee Curtis I, is a cool. I wouldn't have argued cool win for her. That, yeah, well, that was my prediction. I think right down to the line. Although I think on the night of, I was like, I should have changed it. Yep. Um, Irishman, hard. <laughs> I really like Joe Pesci. I do too, and I like Pacino, but I just I, no. Supporting actor was a. Oh, that was Brad Pitt. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't losing. Yeah, and that's not even one of my favorite wins. But I, I would still put it above either of those. It is one of my favorite wins. It's also just like a very. It's perfect for Brad Pitt to win for that role. It's a great Brad Pitt win. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, which we don't often get. We get yeah. too often the like the makeup win or the, the like, weird like career like yeah like does darkest hour really give a great summation of gary oldman's career no but it's just a, no a very awesome friendly there. role he happened to take that one time exactly and hopefully we're getting closer to the like no when he wins it's for a thing that either represents your career or is just you're so much better here than you've ever been like listen nobody's ever gonna be upset that brendan fraser has won an oscar even if you didn't like that movie right it's still a finally someone gave him that role exactly and that's good enough um, also it's a very unique film like the the degree of difficulty for him i think is a lot harder than your your d glam like darkest hour type thing yeah american hustle no uh, just no <laughs> maybe jennifer I mean, lawrence but that's the farthest i was about out. to say jennifer lawrence honestly i prefer over lupita but i i know Lupita oh, but not over one. Lupita, and especially when Lawrence has already won. There's just there's exactly no Lawrence has won. For being honest, she'll probably win again one day. She's not going anywhere. Yeah, uh, and Lupita maybe is going anywhere. Is going somewhere because like you don't hear a ton from her, which is a shame. She she, she gets picks to be in and Marvel chooses. movies now. Well, yeah, it's partly partly her picking and choosing, but also going back to our previous conversations about <laughs> when you look a different way, you get more roles. They're not 
they don't seem to be knocking her door down to hire her. I, I don't disagree, which is unfortunate. Yes. True grit. No. Uh, I mean, I like it, but it's hard for me to I think like of it, any particular but... category. Maybe supporting uh, actress. Yeah. And then Gangs of New York. I like Gangs of New York a lot. I would say Day-Lewis, maybe. I was about to say Day- uh, who's Yeah, he, Who's he up against? It's Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody wins. Yeah, fuck yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Give it Day-Lewis. And like in a bubble, I prefer Adrian Brody having an Oscar because he doesn't have one. He'll never have another one. And he is fine to good in that role. Um, but yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis is great. Give him that. Well, you won't like what I was about to say. Never mind. <laughs> Give him that one. Take it away from there will be blood. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going along with that under any circumstance. Though I'm trying to think, who was competition that year, and there will be blood. Uh, I don't know, but they were at a sizable distance. Well, yeah, it, it didn't even come close. I feel like there wasn't a strong number two, if I'm thinking about it properly. I'm just gonna look that up. I couldn't tell you. It is weird how some years like that, like some years, you'll never forget the lineup. And there are some years where you're just like, no, it like a thousand percent was just this. It was always this. It was never going to be anything but this. Right. So he beat George Clooney for Michael Clayton. Oh, it was a shitty lineup. Never mind. Johnny Depp for Sweeney Todd. Mm. Tommy Jones in the Valley of Ela. Mm. Viggo Mortensen Eastern Promises. Yeah, I, I mean, some of those I'm happy to see. They're like Vigo, but like, no, sure. that was that was always going to be Day Lewis's to lose. The two two better performances that didn't get in that I would pick. So I think I would still pick Daniel Day Lewis here. Though I will say, if Emil Hirsch had gotten in for Into the Wild, he would have. I, been I was pick. almost surprised he didn't. Yeah, he was a big snub. And um, Gosling for Lars and the Real Girl. Sure. And I would even throw out. Um, he got nominated in supporting, but Casey Affleck for Gone, Gone Baby Gone. Sure. Fantastic. Yeah, for the um, time, absolutely. Philip Seymour Hoffman missed for The Savages. Oh, he's really good in that, too. Um, There's some good choices that year. Oh, um, Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Matthew Almerich, I remember that yeah. was talked about for a while. That would not be a miss nowadays. Yeah. He would get in a thousand percent. I mean, Josh Brolin missed. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there would be conversation about Brad Pitt um, for Jesse James. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, The Savages. Yeah, it, it was never going to not be. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn Hansard. No, Derek he got his Oscar. He got his Oscar. He got his Oscar. Exactly. He's fine. Um, finally, should any of these performances have won the Oscar? Sigourney Weaver, Working Girl. Michelle Pfeiffer, The Fabulous Baker Boys. Jessica Tandy, Fried Green Tomatoes. Gloria Stewart, Titanic. I want to say no. Nah, not really any that I know. I guess maybe Sigourney Weaver of that group. I, I'm, I know people love her. But I'm not someone who's like Michelle Pfeiffer. It's a crime. She doesn't have an Oscar. I am, but not for that role. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, Scorny Weaver, which is funny. She has that uh, double nomination year. Mm-hmm. She could have actually won that because it was Gina Davis, the accidental tourist. I don't think anyone has a like strong passion for that. Sure. And she was also up for um, Gorillas in the Mist, which... That probably is the one she would have won for, but Jodie Foster won for The Accused. That was just not 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 happening. Yeah. Which is funny because if you look at that lineup, Melanie Griffith gets the lead for Working Girl. 
Glenn Close, Dangerous Liaison. She never wins, but like, would she have been too? And then you got Meryl Streep for uh, Cry in the Dark, which has become a joke, but not at the time. Sure. Interesting. Um, let's put a pin in this until next week when we'll be able to talk about the Toronto stuff. I think we, we were able to focus on Telluride without like completely ignoring uh, TIFF. Um, there are plenty of things to see. There are plenty of things I won't see. So that's just the nature of the beast. There's some things I've seen that like I can't tell you I've seen until after they play. So stay tuned. Um, starting tomorrow, or today as you listen to this, you'll, you'll get my reactions and then the reviews will come throughout the week. So um, Miles, say where you can be followed. Um, whatever else you want to add, you can. And then tell me your Toronto movie you're most interested in hearing about. Oh, God, I got to look up the lineup real quick. Ah! Or whatever you, you you can think of that I mentioned. Hold on. No. In the meantime, I'm gonna, I'll I'm get gonna, I'm, you do you do your stuff. I'm gonna f- pull up an actual answer. All right, you can follow follow me on the ground here in Toronto. Joey Magazine, Facebook, Twitter. I'm gonna keep going on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Letterboxd. Um, I have uh, threads in Blue Sky. I often forget to use it, so make of that what you will. Letterboxd, all that crap. Uh, Wards Radar on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, I'm going to tell you one that I don't think I'm going to get to see that I'm interested in, which is Pool Boy. I was just looking. I was just about to say that one. God damn it! <laughs> it's Pool Man, isn't it? Pool Pool Man, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it, it is Pool Man. I, I just I know it's it's that or Hitman, and like Hitman's a thousand percent what I want to see now. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'm very curious about Chris Pine as a director. I love that look. Yes. Um, if you want to throw out another one, I will say I don't think I'm going to get to see Dream Scenario. Oh, I'm curious about it, though. Yeah, I, I have a, a hunch that it's not like a, you know, Not as interesting as it sounds? I mean, it could be very interesting. But I feel like it's not, uh, certainly I don't think an awards movie. Sure, that's fair. Even though it is A24. Well, but, I mean, yeah, but you, you never know. With I mean, it can really go one way or the other with their stuff. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those ones where, oh, it's produced by Ari Aster. Uh-oh. Well, uh, produced. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of want to hear someone tell me something about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, I, maybe I'm sleeping on something I shouldn't be. Or maybe it's like, oh, everyone ran and, and saw it, and it turns out it's it's just fine. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, uh, the Hitman. Yeah, I mean, Hitman sounds really great. I'm excited about that one. Um, you can find me on both Twitter and uh, Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Um, those of you who may have been keeping up with the last few episodes and been like, hey, wasn't he supposed to not be on the podcast because he was in rehearsal for a play this week? Uh, sure was. Um, without going into too much detail, I did unfortunately suffer an injury that now prohibits me from doing said play, uh, which blows. But, um, you know, I'm being taken care of as best as possible and hopefully should be, you know, getting back out there sooner rather than later. Uh, so it's more of a temporary setback, but just wanted to let y'all know in case you're wondering, I'm, I'm totally okay by now. Uh, yes. And please, please do, um, tell me how the bionic penis works out. Oh my gosh. Listen, 
If 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 the tests are uh, anything to go by, Kelly 2.0 is going to love it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yes, and and then uh, something from Toronto that I'm looking forward to that we haven't mentioned. Um, I'm curious to hear uh, more about the Boy and the Heron. I Miyazaki's sure. third final movie. I'm really yeah. interested to see what it, how it's different from what's come before because he's done so many things, but he has such a distinctive style all the same. Totally, and even when it came out in Japan, like very vague, like it's great, but not. People really are not no specific, the... uh, no specific feedback like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, which I, I respect as much as it's frustrating me. I want to hear more about it than know if I'm going to fucking bother or not. Yeah. Um, as someone who is respectful of Miyazaki, but I, it's kind of a. It's not your. He's thing. not a. He's not, it's not my thing, and I don't know that I want to like have it in a festival environment if that makes sense see i would have thought it would be cool to have there if for no other reason than as a point of variety from all the other stuff you're going to be working with quite possibly the only problem is it was early in the festival for me Mm. like if it was like the second the last thing i saw then i might be like yeah sure let's just let's just do this as like a palate cleanser or something yeah as it stands i think I'm, i'm leaving right after i see hitman so like that could be good so Two years ago, I, my, I got on a plane with my ex, like literally she sat outside while I, with my bags while I went to go watch something that was Spencer. So that's a good spot. And then last year, I was beat, so like it wasn't maybe the prime way to watch it, but it was Banshees. Sure. Oh, no, no, it wasn't Banshees. Banshees was the second, second to last thing. <laughs> oh, my God. My, the last thing I saw was the greatest beer run ever, which I forgot about, which tells you. Oh, there you go. Everything you need to know about that one. So we'll see which direction we go in. Next week, we will sum up Toronto and we'll talk about the Oscars. Since, boy, well, I kind of have a clear picture after that. Yeah, it's wild that like what a difference a week or two makes where suddenly we can. (laughs) Yeah. And then it'll be on to New York. End of September, beginning of October, I think, or something like that. Um, I will be out of town for a day later on this month um doing something with disney for wish which i haven't seen but i guess i'll see then and i just i don't know anything about but i've heard very good things um i am bad at keeping up on animated films i've noticed which is good i kind of go in surprised and then it's uh, straight ahead until saw yay which um i have early early promising news about uh, kendall joining us Really well, so, time-honored tradition. Exactly. So uh, I don't know if she has to like cancel wedding plans or something like that, but we'll, we'll make it happen um, once she sees the film. So that will be. Uh, I mean, I'm certainly excited for it. Miles excited for it. She is. You guys. I don't know. You at least tolerate it, but you don't really get a choice. <laughs> so look forward if to that. If you've and... sat through our five to six saw-themed episodes in the past, you can handle it. And and listen. Maybe we'll actually, I don't want to spring this on you right now, but I kind of want to see if I can bring back Kendall. I have to see if she wants to see it also. We should probably do a Thanksgiving episode. Ooh, maybe. I may not be available during that time frame, but we'll see. Well, around that time, you know what I mean? Thanksgiving, talking Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. Nearabouts. Yeah, which um, by the time this comes out, the trailer should be up too. Oh man, it's it's either going to be awesome or terrible and nothing in yep. between. How much do you want the narration still to be there or do you not want it? Uh, for me, it's a prerequisite. I'll be very upset if it's gone. 
I really hope the trailer at least has, you know. Even if it's not in the meat. movie itself, it's got to be in the trailer, surely. Yeah. White meat, dark meat, all will be carved. Wow. Oh, wow. He has to know. He has to know that's part of why it worked, right? I really hope so. I really hope they're not playing it straight because that would be the most boring thing imaginable. I find it unlikely because it is Eli Roth. Like if someone else had made it. Yeah, if somebody else was would... adapting it, I'd be like, oh, well, anything goes. This could be some bargain basement bullshit. But like, I'd like to believe that he would get the tone right. Yeah. We'll see. We're going to we're going to see. And then we will uh, be back next week to talk tiff and then before too long saw and then straight on until thanksgiving all right we will we will see you at the movies and actually if you're in toronto you might see me at the movies well there you have it bye y'all take care thanks for listening be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content 